you're a writer or an artist and you want to get your work out into the world. If you want to honour your creativity and finally stop hiding, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Siobhan Jones, and it's time to sound your bell. Today I'm bringing you a conversation I had with Trisha Huffman, also known as your geologist. At this point in time, who doesn't need a little more joy in their life? Trisha Huffman, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. And for people who don't know you, can you tell us just how you became your geologist? Yeah, it started because I used to tour with artists as a sound engineer. And um, that was like my dream job. But also, uh, I had had some things happen in my life that made me get really clear with myself that I was here to live my life and that I wanted to make my opinion to be, you know, the strongest one in my life. And I also had chronic pain and issues that I finally got diagnosed with, with fibromyalgia. So anyway, I had taken my mental health and my physical health into my own hands and was on tour, like doing yoga, eating well, like was like the po- most happy present person on tour. And when my father passed away, suddenly um, it was a big wake up call for me that mm-hmm. I felt like I was doing a great job at living my life, but I really felt like I needed to wake other people up to live their life. And I didn't know how I would do it. Um, I quit touring and then took time off and ended up going back on the road with a position to take care of artists on the road, keeping them healthy and grounded in body and mind. And someone on the tour just said, Trisha's the joyologist and it stuck. (laughs) So that's where the title came from. And then, yeah, just, you know, me working with artists and then social media, I would start tweeting and putting out affirmations and quotes and these thought ways of thinking that I put out there. And so it's evolved into the many things I do now, which still involves social media, but podcast, a product line, a daily inspiration app, all the things. <laughs> but yeah, it's still like the same mission. I just want to wake people up to live their lives in the now because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. And so was there, you mentioned, um, you know, the passing of your father and was that the moment in your life or was there another moment in your life that made you kind of start to live life completely in the now? Yeah. So I, uh, I thought about committing suicide a lot when I was 15. And, um, and so that was a big turning point in my life that I was either like, I'm either going to do this or live my life a different way. And so I had like a meltdown moment that really got clear that like, okay, I'm going to try life a different way mm-hmm. living for me. So that was a big moment, like I said, but I lived my life and I still can struggle with living my life very much as if like, I don't need anybody. I got this. This is my life. I'll show you because of that. (laughs) So I had to um, learn to break those sort of walls down because I became maybe very independent and um, very determined, which worked out for me, but also, yeah, I've had to learn to open up. So that was the thing that, like I said, so I was taking very good care of myself and my mental health. And because of the physical pain, I started to like Oh, let me, you know, do yoga, try to eat this way, do these things. Okay. I don't like how I feel around that person. So why am I friends with them? Like all sorts of things that I was doing to, again, make sure like I was enjoying my life. Cause I realized I had physical pain that I couldn't do. 
a ton about, but I could do something about the mental pain that I was creating for myself and that we as humans do. We make things really hard for ourselves. So, so that was the first turning point. And then when my father passed away suddenly, cause it was like an accident that he died from, it wasn't expected at all. Then that was mm-hmm. like the, okay, I need to like shake other people up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for people who write, we often face this kind of inner critic and you kind of touched on that a little bit there with, you know, the mental pain of things. So do you ever experience the inner critic as your geologist? Oh, yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. And what yeah, do you do I, about I mean, it? Well, a big thing that has helped me is in seeing that these things are all just sort of like part of our human makeup, that the doubts, the fears, the imposter syndrome, the self-sabotaging, you know, and so that actually feels like it makes it easier to move through because it's not like, oh, me, I'm terrible or I messed up or here I am, you know, I can't, uh, I just, you know miss this opportunity, whatever it is, that it's just like, this is, oh, this is this human makeup of me that's trying to tell me, like, and I see those things as sort of being protective mechanisms, you know, like a doubt, a fear, or worry, that they're somehow set in place to protect you, and that, like, again, for me, it's been just seeing that, oh, okay, so I'm feeling this, okay, so I'm telling myself I can't do this, because it's not going to be good enough, or I really, really want to do this thing, but yet it feels like it's going to take so long and be so hard and be so much work. So I keep putting it off. What am I telling myself? I'm telling myself it's going to be too hard or it's going to, you know, you're not ready yet. So like just listening to that inner critic. And again, instead of like making it take me out or even beating myself up because I have one, just be like, okay, what are you saying? Okay. Well, what can I do with that? Like, let me ask myself more questions about it or be like, is that really what I want to believe? No. What do I want to believe? For people who feel like they can't write, but they have this yearning to do it, that can often stop them from taking the action. So what would you say to them? Well, one of the biggest things that helps me on a daily basis with many things, but including these creative things that like, you know, you feel like you're called to do, but then you're just like not doing is I live by the mantra of any minutes is more than no minutes because it seems like to me, you know, it can be like, okay, I'm going to write. So that feels like I have to at least write for an hour of like dedicated time or like I have to write for a day or let me like go away. Like this is what I'm doing this week. Like we make things be so big and so hard then we don't get into it. So I'm just like any minutes, like what if I just opened up a page and put a timer on for five minutes? It's sort of, with that, I only got five minutes. So like, okay, like just like let things like taking the pressure off. But normally it's like, once you start, then it starts to feel good and you'll go longer. But honestly, if you wrote for five minutes a day, that's going to be a lot more writing than not writing because you're telling yourself it's going to take too long or be too hard or whatever. So that's one thing that really like helps me get out of my way in many you know, many different ways. Oh, I don't want to clean up the house. I, you know, what up? You know, I don't, I feel like I want to exercise, but it's going to be too hard, too much, whatever. Any minutes is more than no minutes. And yeah, just really like just jumping in. And again, it can be like, oh, I need to be in the perfect. I need a clean desk. I need this. I have to finish all these things first. Like I will fall into that too. And just being like, no, just do it. Just jump in. <laughs> like, sure, maybe it would be more ideal if my desk was clean and there was this. But again, it's like, do I really want to, what, like, what am I doing right now? Is it that I want to write or <laughs> am I just telling myself other things that I should be doing first? Which again, I'm always aware of 
shoulds and feeling them and thinking them and switching to want. And so that could be even like, oh, I should be writing because I want to be writing, but yet I'm not. So I should be writing, you know, like, and so then looking at, well, why do I want to write? Oh, well, I feel, you know, when I do write, I feel at peace. I feel alive. I feel aligned or like, so asking yourself again, why? Maybe like, I really have something important I want to say, or, but you're worried about how you're going to like, I'm not a good enough writer, but like, why? Because I really want to share this message. So like coming from that place instead of I'm not a good enough writer. And you're a speaker, a writer yourself, a coach, a mentor, and a manager of integrity. What does integrity mean to you? Integrity means to me that you are living aligned to your truth. So one, like, yes, you do what you say you're going to do, but even more important to that, that what you say you're going to do and what you're doing are actually aligned with what you truly want and not what you think you should be doing or even what you thought you would be or, you know, you said you were going to do this. I'm okay with people changing their minds, you know, and like just looking at why are you doing the things you're doing and what is making you show up for that and so yeah are you truly living of integrity to yourself Mm, you know a huge thing as a writer is knowing when to trust yourself and when to trust your work people who are in critique groups or people who are getting changes from editors need to know when to accept a change and when to dismiss it how do you think we can get better at doing that yeah, I mean, I definitely can feel this from even just like working with an editor in the last couple of months that was working with me on my book proposal to make sure that I was being as clear as possible. Yeah, there was definitely like, oh, I don't want feedback because like, what are you going to say? But also I do because I want it to be clear. And, you know, for me, it was just always when I would see feedback, there, there can be an immediate trigger reaction of like, oh, are they saying this wasn't enough or that? But to like to allow that energy to diffuse and be like, always trying to come from the space of this, they are trying to help me listening it from that voice. And then it would just like feeling it out. Cause yeah, there's some things that I'd be like, Oh, I don't like that. And then be like, Oh wait, actually maybe that is better. But there would be some things like, yeah, no, I don't actually like that. And that, that it was okay. So trusting myself but yeah making sure I wasn't coming from ego or just defense and again just coming from they are doing this not even for like my best but like the words best so how it will land for the reader you work with award-winning artists as well as really strong stay-at-home mums what attracts you to work with both and what do they have in common well yeah I work with a wide variety of people whether it's one-on-one work or in group coaching and stuff like that. Um, And I mean, what attracts me to work with any of them is that again, that I've seen that we all have these human struggles and that really a lot of the things are similar. That again, it's like the doubts, the fears, the shoulds, the worries, things outside of us, getting them back to, well, what do you feel? Well, what are you thinking? Well, what, okay, so you have this fear, like, what does that come from? What do you want to believe? So it's honestly a lot more similar um, with more people that are in the public eye, just they often have more stuff coming at them because there's magnifying glass on them. So things can be heightened. Mm. And tell us about what claiming it means to you. So from working with those award-winning artists, when I was a sound, that's how it started when I was a sound engineer and working with all sorts of amazing, brilliant icons that really, when you're like, these people have it all. 
Like they're singing their songs, touring the world, you know, thousands of people are singing along with them every night. They can buy everything they want. They even had like great relationships. Like, so really on, they had it all, but yet I still would see they weren't like lit up and happy and feeling fulfilled every day. They had doubts, they had fears that, so me seeing that firsthand and not just with one person, like I worked with a ton of people. And so seeing that everybody is again, struggling with these things. And so that's when I got that we can't be putting our feelings of being enough, of being worthy, of being successful, of being fulfilled, of being lovable outside of ourselves. Once I have the next hit song or once, you know, this happens once I meet the person of my dreams, once I have the kid, once I sell my first book, once I sell my first piece of art, whatever it is, then I'll feel successful or worthy and enough. You, you will maybe, but for fleeting, but so often we're pinning it on things outside of us unconsciously. Cause again, it's not your fault. This is an unconscious part of your human makeup <laughs> that, that like we're just chasing these things. And so for me, claiming it is that it's up to us. Mm. to claim our worth every day, to claim our fulfillment, to claim your success, to claim that. And sometimes that means every moment of the day, because again, doubt, fear, imposter syndrome, blah, 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 can show up. So the claiming it is those things that you're chasing that you want from yourself, you can claim right now, no matter what you have gotten done today. Absolutely critical message. I hope everyone's listening to this because when you're writing, it can feel very isolating and you, you know, you feel like, it's a process. It's a long-term commitment. So liking the process is not always going to happen. But how about trying to have some process goals rather than focusing on this outcome where, you know, I'm finally, if I do this, as you said, if I publish my book, I'm going to be happy. So I'm intrigued. What is joy for you? Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, joy for me is just, it's honestly, it feels a lot about it's being present. I feel like to really be experienced and joy, you're being very present. And it just is like a full, like aliveness. You know, I would, I would equate it, you know, to being similar to bliss and just like, yeah, you feel free and alive and you're so present because you don't have space for doubts, weird worries, fears of that when you're in those moments of joy. How can we practice more joy in our lives? Well, so yeah, actually putting attention on it and like, creating daily joy, you know, practices and stuff. And so again, like these things, when I'm saying to claim it, claim your worth, claim your value, claim your joy, a daily thing. So that's, you're being intentional because yes, I am all for like, I have big goals. Yeah. But also I need to enjoy my life in the now because you don't know what's going to happen. So it's not just like, let me slave away on this big project until it's get, gets done. Being mindful with that and that, yes, every day, you know, like having a timer, like, let me, what is, what are things, even asking yourself, what brings me joy? Oh, this song, this food, laughing with this person, my kids, you know, sitting outside and this flower. And I'm talking like little things. And so when you even pay attention to what brings me joy and then every day be like, oh, especially if I am like down or off. Okay. (laughs) What do I want to do right now to boost my joy levels? And it's not to escape the feelings that I'm feeling okay, I'm feeling left off today. Oh, okay. I'm in stuck in worry. I'm in doubt. Or this is a really hard time in life, (laughs) Mm. you know, like for everything that's going on. So like, what can I do to add some joy to my day? And just let me go outside and take a walk. Let me bring myself joy. So 
practicing that. And that's with all the things that I'm telling you to claim. Like so often we're telling ourselves that we're not enough. I do too. I'll catch myself. Oh, this is another reason I'm not enough. And so to ask yourself, like, what does enough even feel like? You're chasing this feeling of I'm not enough. You're constantly telling yourself and I'm not enough. So what imagine if you're like, oh, I'm going to be enough when I hit this point, what would that even feel like to you? Because most people don't even know you're chasing something you haven't even like actually imagined. So it's like, if just thinking about that, what does enough feel like? And then just by you like thinking about it, you can start to actually feel it and realize, wait, yeah, I can claim being enough right now. It's not like, you know, once I do this and this person tells me I'm amazing or whatever it is that you're putting it on. I love it. I find your work so inspiring. So I'd love for you to tell us where we can find out more about you and your joyologist because there's just so much goodness there. Yeah, thank you. So yeah, everything's at yourjoyologist.com um, and I'm most active on Instagram at yourjoyologist, but I'm on all the social media places. And yeah, I have products. Um, I have a daily inspiration app called Own Your Awesome that you can get in the Google Play or the Apple App Stores, and that has hundreds of powerful thoughts and affirmations. I have a weekly podcast called Claim It. Yeah, YouTube series, Your Joyologist over there too. So yeah, I'm, I'm in like all the places, but basically just Your Joyologist across the board. <laughs> Lots of opportunities for people to claim their joy. Yes. Trisha, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. And that was Trisha Huffman, your joyologist. The show notes will be available on my website at bellthecat.com.au slash soundyourbell. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe and share it with a friend. Till next time, sound your bell. <laughs>